Welcome to Papa's House Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook. The thing that God put in my heart is very simple. But I believe it can be a little bit intense. So I as usual, I have a little joke to share with you. But let me pray, okay? Father, in the name of Yeshua, if you have your Bible, lift it up and you say, Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. So Father, I pray that you will release your word. I'm not here for a performance. I'm not here to give a 30 minutes, three point service so they can take notes and go back and do whatever they want to do. It's about seeing your word gets in us and transform us like the word Jesus himself. So I pray for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So your family had twin boys and they looked the same and only their parents could tell the difference. Their only resemblance to each other was their looks. If one felt it was too hot, the other thought it was too cold. If one said the TV was too loud, the other claimed the volume needed to be turned up. So opposite in every way, one was eternal optimist, another a doom and gloom pessimist. Just to see what would happen, on the twins' birthday, the father loaded the pessimist room with every imaginable toy and game. The optimist room, he loaded with horse manure. You know horse manure, right? So the night that father passed by by the pessimist room and he found him sitting amid his new gifts crying bitterly. Why are you crying? The father asked. Because my friends will be jealous because I have to read all these instructions before I can do anything with this stuff. I will constantly need batteries and my toys will eventually get broken, answered the pessimist twin. Passing through the optimist twin's room, the father found him dancing for joy in the pile of a horse manure. What are you so happy about? He asked. To which his optimist twin replied, There's got to be a pony in somewhere inside. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many of you are optimistic. I am so optimistic. You know, when I heard that only August 10th we can be gathered, I am like that boy jumping on the manure called Zoom. And I'm saying, still, there's going to be a chance that we can meet, connect, see God being glorified. Amen. So this morning, I felt in my heart, God, you can title it however you want. But I felt in my heart, put this title, God looks at your heart. God looks at your heart. And, uh, you know, in Christianity, I don't know about you, but in my upbringing, this is how it is. You have to make sure that you portray Christian lifestyle. It doesn't matter what goes on inside. So by 10th standard, in my family, all of them, in my relatives family, everyone, when they crossed 10th standard, they got baptized. I was not baptized at the 10th standard. And everyone's, to everyone's surprise, I was a rebellious kid because up to when you are 10th standard, you have to be baptized. I got baptized when I finished my 12th grade, not after 10th. So everybody looked at me as like, you're so weird. You're not baptized. That too, you're a pastor's kid. What's going on? So on Sundays, especially on communion days, we used to wear a different kind of clothes. I mean, I'm wearing jeans and t-shirt. That's 
it's a no go zone on a communion day and it has to be some kind of a very pious clothing and no beard i mean no long hair so we had a, a christianese outlook but to be honest with you i was not having a christianese outlook inside i was totally a mess up inside and you know my story that i had a, a double life and one day the holy spirit told me that it is very clear and i'm going to share that what he told me is he doesn't look at your outside he looks at your heart and since then i stopped performing i ceased to perform i'm just start to worship and this is why god always looks at your heart and i wrote down here some few things here i'm just going to go my thoughts are going to go here and there so don't lose me i want you to just catch up with this thoughts okay i wrote down here we like when someone seeks the kingdom first oh wow look at this brother look at this sister they always keep the kingdom of god first but do we really like are we happy when we see them all things are added into their lives how is your heart when you see the person who is seeking the kingdom you are happy to see them seeking the kingdom when god adds everything to them a double portion of blessing materially physically financially are you happy are you jealous i think the words of joyce meyer says uh, i'm going to recode that and if you are not excited in someone's breakthrough god is not going to give you your own breakthrough are you excited you know many months weeks ago i remember brother sunil told me like somebody asked him to write an article in who magazine world health organization and i was like rejoicing from small village here in a church in munjurpet god raised a son to be a blessing to the whole world you know i started rejoicing you know why because we are called to be influencers we are not called to just keep the candle under the table that's your anointing that's who you are in christ number 2 second thought i want you to listen we like when someone prays in secret to the father in heaven wow what a prayer life this guy is always praying always seeking now do we really like and are we glad when god rewards them openly check your heart i don't know but you check your heart that's why i said this can be a little bit of a heart searching message god rewards bible says right if you pray in secret god rewards you in in openly so if you see somebody god rewards them openly and the openly god rewards sometimes it flows through material things suddenly they got a promotion suddenly they got a new job suddenly the increment increased suddenly their long due or family inheritance was given to them something happened are you happy or are you jealous are you rejoicing in their victories or someone in their family got saved or some of their children came to know the lord in a intimate way are you happy or are you jealous number 3 the third thought we love someone who gives in secret but are we really happy when god rewards them openly the bible says when you give to the right hand don't show to the left hand right it basically talks about don't make it a big deal <laughs> okay been working with the homeless for the last almost 10 years we never promoted we never put it on facebook nothing during just this pandemic time we just want to be aware because we are stewarding people's money we want to be good stewards and we wanted to just tell that too we don't give all the details we just give a little bit of what god is doing through papa's house through us you know through each one of you 
So we just give a little update. We don't go through all the details, but we have the books clear. We have the audits, everything. But I just say this why? Because are we the person that gives in secret, or are we the person that wants to make sure that I gave? You know, I remember going to one church. I will leave the name of the church, and uh, they have written the name of the person who gave on all the chairs because that person gave ten chairs, and the ten chairs back. You know those steel foldable chairs. Remember those? I don't know those foldable steel chairs at the back of this in a paint. They have written Asirvadam, gift donated by Asirvadam. I'm just making up a name, but you know. And in some fans also they engrave it. And uh, I don't know in the Tamil culture. I don't know in Malayali culture or in other culture. In Tamil culture, when they give sidanam, the bride gives all the pots and pans to the groom. They take all the silver pans and they will write the engraving. in those days you know they will write the names so that this pot is been given from the girl's side you cannot sell it or take it you know sometimes we are like that you want to make sure that our name is written my dear brothers and sisters this is the fourth thought just bear with me okay we like someone who humble themselves in the mighty hand of god this is first peter but do we really like when they are exalted at the proper time just check your heart So, you know bible says when you humble yourself in the mighty hand of god he will exalt you suddenly your colleague gets a promotion suddenly the boss tells your colleague you got to do this job that's going to put you above all the peers are you excited i remember again i'm picking up you know sometimes god will just give you a promotion a suddenly something will fall on you how are you going to be dealing with it or somebody that you've been praying for you know maybe you are praying for a wife to find you know i stopped praying that's 14 years ago because i found one amen maybe you are praying and suddenly you're not getting it but your friend got it and guess what your friend got it even more beautiful person than you deserve and you are like man is god forgot my prayers the bible says very clearly someone when humble themselves before god god exalts them so i want you to check your heart in this and i'm not asking you to share it but just between you and god and i'm going to take one example and i'm going to show you on a powerpoint here one example about a guy called david we all know this guy david david was a mess okay he had a terrible mess terrible upbringing his own father had thoughts maybe he was an illegitimate son so this is a, our god sees your heart david from zero to hero and this is what i wanted to focus on i want you to pay attention david was a total mess his own dad thought this guy does not belong to me that's why psalms 51 he writes when he messed up with bethsheba and prophet nathan confronted him he writes one of the most beautiful poems his prayers it's turned into a, a song in many people's hearts and he says in sin my mother conceived me in sin he doesn't even know that he is a legitimate son of to his father Jesse and david upbringing was a very challenging his old brothers were sent as representatives from his family to go and fight the army with Saul against the philistines and he was just taking care of the sheep in a desert he was eventually when he even went to fight goliath he was actually went on a mission to bring cheese and crackers to his elder brothers and they got even jealous what the heck you are doing here man and then eventually he, he could able to come across you know so i don't know how long how many days how many weeks we will dwell on the topic of david 
but i feel in my heart we need to go the heart issues so we will be just starting here and see how the lord leads in the coming days okay so look at david there were three kinds of people i wrote down here first one they are called workers they are constantly working they are called workaholic even in the ministry they are focuses on a ministry not on the minister the focus on the gifts not on the giver of the gifts and there are someone called warriors they constantly worry they like the pessimistic eternal pessimistic doom gloom and doom everything you do still they will find some fault and then you'll find the last one they are called the worshipers and david did not fall into those two categories of one and two he fell into the category of the third one worshiper and this is what god looks at he doesn't care how your voice is he doesn't care are you talented he doesn't care your capacity he cares for your availability amen he doesn't care for your capacity he cares for your availability and look at david he broke 50% of the 10 commandments exodus 20 let's go one by one commandment number 6 murder do not murder you know the story right he murdered commandment 7 adultery you know the story second samuel 11 4 the whole story with bethsheba commandment 8 stole another man's wife do not steal commandment 9 lie and he even writes a death sentence on the guy of bethsheba's husband you know telling him to go and give his commander johab you know and look at verse the last one commandment 10 covet neighbor's wife it's all started when the kings were supposed to go and take new countries new territories he was upstairs you know that's where it all started that's why when you are not in the center of god's will enemy has a tendency to swipe you away and make you you know and i think it was uh, brother andrew who said this if enemy cannot take you from the god's will he will distract you and keep you occupied so that you will not be fulfilling god's will and that's what enemy did with david so if you look at david he has got all the mess and some of you can identify man i lied i stole my past was a mess you know maybe you didn't murder anybody but maybe in your thought like <laughs> billy graham's wife was once interviewed you've been married with billy graham for 50 years you never thought about divorcing him she said never and she said i never thought about divorcing him but every other day i used to think about killing him <laughs> and that's the reality sometimes you know we would like the more closer you get that person can tends to annoy you know and that's the challenge we all face and here david he messed up all these things but still god calls him as recorded in the bible is a man after my own heart and now let's look at this still god called him a man after his own heart why let's go into some of this we're going to dig into some study here number 1 okay this is what the secret i have written down seven of them it's going to go quickly the first one he was a student of god's emotion what is god's emotion god is not impersonal and distant god is personal and relative that means he knows what you are going to do right now you know sometimes we have something called sanctified prayers like we are so mess up we have so many challenges inside but when we come to god we have this altered prayer god i come before you in the name of jesus i praise you you know david never did that david said lord i want the enemy's children to be dashed against the wall it's like pillow fight but then he says blessed be the name of the lord 
he always brought his emotions under the emotions of god look at this verse psalms 22 verse 1 and 2 look at this in passion god my god why would you abandon me now why would you remain distant refusing to answer my tearful cries in the day and my desperate cries for your help in the night i can't stop sobbing where are you my god this doesn't look like altered you know very cultured prayer hello when was the last time you poured your emotions to god when was the last time you said god my life sucks i can't handle this anymore i can't deal with this relationship challenge i cannot deal with this boss who constantly belittling me hello are you trying to pretend that everything is okay listen david learned to be a student of god's emotion he cried poured out his heart and then he learned the emotion of god and what is the number one emotion of god and we learned this many time in papa's house the number one emotion of god is what joy amen isn't it beautiful look at this another verse psalms 40 verse 13 to 17 look it's from the living bible please lord rescue me quick come and help me confuse them turn them around send them sprawling all these who are trying to destroy me disgrace these corpses with their utter failure but may the joy of the lord given to everyone who loves him and his salvation may they constantly exclaim how great god is and they look at this this emotion so see is i am poor and weak and the lord is thinking about me right now Oh my god you are my helper you are my savior come quickly save me please don't delay <laughs> you see he was not trying to he's behaving well david was not behaving well he said lord please come here rescue me now please don't delay confuse this folks but the joy of the lord be given to everyone who loves him and his salvation may them constantly exclaim how great god is can you imagine This is why God calls him a man after his own heart. How is your prayer life? Are you praying the same old strict memorized prayers starting from if I'm not saying there should not be any form in it. I do have a form. What I'm saying is is your heart composed after his heart or your heart is composed after your form? Think about it. He was a student of God's emotion. Number 2 He was determined to experience the promise of of God in his life. So David is a guy. He doesn't just take the promises of God and say, "Yeah, he gave me a promise. If it happens, it happens." No. What are you doing with the promises of God? Everyone here who was listening to me have received the promises of God. When I was 18 years old, he told me, "I will go to the nations and preach the gospel," and he's fulfilling it. from a small tiny village called Polur he told me that i will be his ambassador to the nations he gave us a promise that the people will come through this ministry of papa's house will encounter god as their father they will not have any religious burden on them given to them they will encounter me they will be free in encountering me as their daddy he's fulfilling the promise but it takes time sometime but are you determined to experience the promises of god in your life look at this verse it's all backed up with scriptures so i'm not just making it up stuff here psalms 132 verse 11 
look at this verse for you gave your word and promised david it is an unbreakable oath that one of his sons would be sitting on the throne to succeed him as king so he is going after that god you gave me a word amen you gave me a word you will do it are you going after this promise are you saying god i don't know if it happens it happens you know that's a very pessimistic i wrote down here it's very interesting it says like this sometimes we have very wrong theology right the theology of poverty uh, like uh, it's okay just enough mentality you know it's just fine i'm not going to dream bigger i'm not going to ask god for a greater purpose to be fulfilled in my life you know those kind of mindset what happens is it creates in us a spirit of like never daring for a greater faith never stepping out in greater faith and trusting him for a mighty outpouring of his anointing and this is what i can remember now when god blesses you he doesn't bless you for your sake he blesses you so that you can share those blessing to others god always blesses the one god always increases someone in your life when you are not focused on the increase but the focused on the one who gave the increase i want to ask you this question are you focusing on the one who is increasing you are you saying lord i don't know all these things i just want to just whatever it is i just keep going myself you know like this and keep going but david said not lord you gave me this promise that my son will be there in the kingdom so fulfill it he is always reminding not god he remind himself his soul to the promises of god in his life number 3 it's going to go quickly he was committed to follow the ways of god and i'll tell you this this is one of the hardest thing why because sometimes our ways contrary to the ways of god our ways does not agree with the ways of god what is the ways of god the ways of god is the will of god amen it doesn't matter how you feel it's already determined you know god's will is not based on circumstances god's will is not based on how things evolve you know we have an english we have a saying you play it by the ear go as you like go with the flow improvise in the indian culture are very good in improvising right how many of you you prepared lunch only for six people but the guest brought 12 people how many of you have you know friends you say i'm going to invite only six but then 10 people comes and you know how to improvise the sambar will be become liquid more rasam will be added little bit or rasam and sambar will be mixed you know somehow improvise it stretch it out little bit you know half kilo curry and half kilo meal maker 1 kilo biryani you can make. you know somehow you stretch it in the, look at me the will of god is not improvising the will of god before adam and eve created the will of god is already determined so he doesn't go with the flow play by the ear he doesn't improvise it the will of god is the way of god and he fulfill it and look at the scripture here psalms 119 verse 11 i treasure your word above all else it keeps me from sinning against you wow so that's david's heart i treasure your word the most important opinion is the opinion of god in my life the rest of it i don't care i don't care i'm not here to please people i'm not here to make approval of people i'm not here to just make sure that everybody feels happy those things all falls secondary or even the third place my first focus is i'm treasuring your word 
are you treasuring God's word over your life? Are you despising God's word? Are you, even though you, maybe you're not despising it, maybe you are, you're not that, you know, driven into the world. Maybe you are ignoring it. Maybe you are not giving as important. Are you treasuring the word? Okay, in everyone's home in India, you have a bureau, right? My wife calls that ugly bureau, that iron bureau. Everyone's home, you have it? Yes. The first thing she said to me when I got married with her, she said, please let your parents know that I'm not buying that green, ugly bureau. I said to her, that's where we keep our, you know, there's a locker inside, there is a key and now it comes with a mirror. And I said, she said, no, still now we don't have the bureau and my mom's home, there's quite a few of them and she despises with the heart of her heart. Anyway, so, and anywhere you keep the treasure, you keep your jewels, your rings, your passports, whatever in the safety locker, right? And if you go to some villages, the lady of the house will have this called Mundane, you know, the tip of that sari, you put that locker's uh, key and keep it in the hip. That's the treasure. You know where to get the key? It's from that old lady's hip. This is where. Now, I want to ask you this. Where is the treasure? Are you treasuring God's word? Are you? What is the treasuring? I mean, whenever I, you know, there are some treasures God gave me, like personally. One of the treasures is Psalms 2.8. Ask of me, I will give you the nations. So I treasure that word. God, it's been a year. I never traveled to a new country. I treasure. You told me last year, they invited again us to go and do the Holy Spirit seminar in Israel. If everything was planned, booked, then the stupid Corona came and the school was cancelled. Say, God, I'm still treasuring the word. Again, you're going to take us. That three years ago, you took me for the hundredth country. You're going to take it again. You're going to open. Treasure your word. God said, you know, you will build a house. And I said, Lord, I'm not a salaried person. You know, I don't have regular income. And he said, I never give you blessings based on your capacity, but based on your availability. Amen. Hello. Sometimes we try to say based on my capacity, God gives. God doesn't give based on your capacity. God gives based on your availability. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of challenges, God could still help us to build the school and the house is still going on. Very soon, in two, three weeks, it's always going to be finished. We would love to have you celebrate beautifully. Amen. So anyway, this is the thing. Are you treasuring the word God gives? It could be whatever. God said, I'm going to bless your womb. But the medical report says something different. Just okay. This is the word. He said, my wife was told by the doctors, you could never conceive. If you conceive, it's going to be dangerous for your life. Because of some medical condition. She gave birth to two normal kids. I was there in the operation theater. I cut the umbilical cord. The spirit of God, the promise. I even plastered and laminated the umbilical thing for Isaac and Asha's. It's still there. It's all shrinked and looks so weird, like dead lizard, you know, but it's there. It's the memory, you know, but this is the promise. I treasure his word. Above all else, it keeps me from sinning. What sinning is not just, you know, smoking, drinking, lust and porn and, you know, gluttony. It's sinning is staying away from the original design of God. It's sinning. 
So treasure the word of God. Like, like one more verse, Psalm 63:13. Oh God, oh God, how I search for you! How I thirst for you in the parched and weary land where there is no water! How I long to find you! I wish I could go into your sanctuary to see your strength and glory. For your love and kindness are better to me than life itself. I praise you. Are you intentionally saying that to God? I search for you. Are you saying, God, bless this day? You know, ready-made prayers. prayers before bed prayers after you know before you get up in the morning you know after before you go to bed or after you got up from bed you have ready made prayers or you saying god i search for you intentionally the word search basically means intentionally pursuing him amen so number 4 he never had a problem in admitting his own mistakes psalms 513 i admit my shameful deed it haunts me day and night Are you able to admit? You know, one of the challenges I have encountered in the Indian community, we tend to put it under this invisible carpet and pretend everything is fine. Everything is fine. How are you? Fine, fine, fine. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Everything by God's grace. And we have this sense of everything because you know why we are, we came from a face safe culture, right? The moment you become vulnerable, we have noticed that people have taken your vulnerability and using it against you. So we don't want that in everyone's face. I'm like I'm perfect, you know. Jesus is here. I'm just standing right below them. But inside, you are going through these challenges. David has no problem in admitting. He said, "Lord, I messed up." Look at Psalms 51. It says, "Oh, hide your face from my sins. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your holy spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you." That's from his heart. He didn't say, "Lord, I'm fine," you know. admit i'm not saying you have to be open take a facebook and write your confession you know that's that's stupidity on steroids i'm not saying that but just wherever you are just say god i messed up sorry my attitude was wrong i'm sorry with your family with, with your wife just be vulnerable and it's very sad you know in tamil they say keela vilundhalum meesila mannu ottla and so on what is that means even if you fall down that your mustache is not touched by mud and that's a sad part in many people that we pretend even with our wife we pretend that we have it all together no be vulnerable just share just say i'm dealing with this challenges sometimes it haunts me can you please pray for me amen and look number 5 he was a man who sought god in details are you seeking god in details and this is one of my weak points i'm being vulnerable here as your pastor but i'm also your brother I'm sharing this one of my challenges. I tend to dream. I'm a big picture guy. I see a vision, go for it. I don't seek in details. And sometimes I pursue. And thank God I have a wife who says, "How about this? How about that?" Sometimes I feel like she's stopping me, but actually she's not stopping me. She's actually helping me not to miss God in details. And look at this verse. Proverbs three six. In all your ways acknowledge him, 
he didn't say you should not have a way god's way should be there you know no he says acknowledge your ways in all your ways bring your plans in psalms 37 yesterday last week we meditated on it commit your ways to the lord he will he shall direct your paths so bring those plans you know there's a saying no if you fail to plan you're planning to fail what's the plan you have what is the ways that you have god i want to finish this i want to finish the neat i want to do this i want to do that i want to finish paying my house bill you know the mortgage in 10 years i want to see if there is another house i can put a down payment you can whatever plans you have there is no sacred secular huh? hello in the kingdom there is no sacred secular the brother is only talking about a house and increment hello in the kingdom there is no sacred secular god doesn't become holy on sundays the monday to friday he's going to relax and drinking pina colada and in copacabana beach hello no 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 you understand so god has no sacred secular so all those plans you have even upgrading your home renovating your bathroom you know getting in you going for a vacation or you know helping a new missionary or going and helping starting a new hospital somewhere whatever you have every plans bring it to the god bring it to god and say i acknowledge you i want to seek you in details look at this verse the following one i'm going to show you this look at this he goes before god and he says i want seek god in details can i go and fight this person if i do when i should fight all the time nine times in curse some first samuel 23 1 to 3 23 4 to 5 he keeps on asking the lord can i go can i do this can i do this god says sometimes don't do it god says sometimes go he says how many people i should go where should i go can i attack these people can i not attack guys i want to challenge you think about this amen now are you seeking god in details number 6 he didn't care about the opinion of people when it comes to worship god this is something very challenging that i have noticed i think i shared you the testimony i was invited to preach in lucknow and the pastor said today i'm driving to a new location and he took me a new location under the tree 200 people were there in the tarpai you know trump just like a just a normal mat they didn't even they were sitting under the tree worshiping god and sometimes in the modern indian churches we are well composed put together you know we cannot even lift up our hands and worship if the pastor kind of says come on church let's dance move around but sometimes we feel like oh man this guy is too pushy i'm not trying to be pushy i'm not here to opinion i don't care if you kneel down or you stand up or you sit down but you are in the presence of the king of glory and david did not care and look at the scripture second samuel 6:12 to 14 when david went to bring up the ark of god to the city of david with rejoicing wearing a linen ephod david was dancing before the lord with all his might and his wife saul's daughter actually looked at him and despised him he is a king look at him he is dancing that's why the tamil song berkmans wrote one song davide pole nadanamadi kartave stotaripen i don't know whether you heard that song like david i'm going to dance and sing and worship the lord isn't it beautiful or the greatest worshipers the ones who are standing like a frozen popsicles are not worshipers i'm not saying that don't misunderstand me don't misquote me i'm saying check your heart if you are too concerned you know if i lift and jump what people going to think then then you probably need to change i mean doesn't matter doesn't matter every day you know sometimes i ask my kids come and do shaka with daddy to jesus we all lay down on the floor just like that the hindus go and stand before the 
temples they don't care big big guys big names go there and do that but we are serving the living god and sometimes we are like so well composed we are worried about other people what is worship worship is like your heart is giving everything best to the king of glory that's worship that's not just few songs that's not just 20 minutes that's your whole life now look at verse 7th one i think it's the last one he left the justice part in the hands of god and this is a big thing for many of us we want to take justice we want you know rights what is your right many years ago my mentor used to say he's no more he's be with the lord he used to say in vivam charles you and me deserve one thing i said what is that ian he is one of the top 3 leaders in vivam yeah and i said what is that he said you and me deserve death it is the grace of the lord who gave us a new life and that is imprinted in my soul big time i deserve death he gave me life my rights is to you know i have no rights if god says okay go with your rights i deserve death it's him who gave me mercy look psalms 109 verse 1 to 5 oh god whom i praise don't stand silent and aloof when the wicked slander and tell lies about me they surround me with hateful words hello are you surrounded with hateful words anyone here surrounded with hate jealousy words you know suddenly you get promoted suddenly god raises you suddenly you are blessed you are surrounded with hateful words they fight against me for no reason anyone can relate to that fight against me for no reason i am doing good see first peter says in chapter 2 or 3 if you read if somebody punishes you for what you have done wrong you are not going through persecution okay but if you do good and they punish you what is that it's called persecution today the word persecution we change it into different ways you know like mama heidi baker says if our coffee machine is broken we think persecution has started <laughs> persecution is not that it's different someone fight against you for no reason look i love them but they try to destroy me with accusations even as i am praying for them he left the justice in the hands of god they repay evil for good hatred for my love let me tell you this and i hope it will settle in your heart it settled in my heart few years ago i just didn't get it long time ago just recently i got it not everyone will like me not everyone will love me some people will get annoyed with me with my accent with my style of preaching with my way of lifestyle some people you can't stand and same with me also some people i can't stand them you know some actors when they come on the movie i can't stand them they have not done anything personally to hurt me i cannot stand them why it's just the personality it's okay but i'm just going to keep going to do what god has called me amen look at this verse oh god whom i praise don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me they tell lies about me they surround me with hateful words and fight against me for no reason but i love them but they try to destroy me with accusations even as i'm praying for them they repay evil for good write down the names of people who has mistreated you accusing you hate you try to destroy you with accusations who pay you evil for good write down their names and you say i bless them father 
I bless them in the name of Yeshua. Let their family will lack nothing. Let their children will lack nothing. Let their wives will lack nothing. Let their husbands will lack nothing. Let them be double portion, triple portion blessed. Let them have increment. Let them have financial breakthroughs. You know what you are doing? You are aligning your heart to the heart of God. Amen. Psalms 110, 1 and 2. It goes like this. Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor. This is about Jesus. Until my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over the enemies. Amen.